interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. Be afraid. No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Ghouls and gore. And sometimes a little more. My bloody podcast. <laughs> Welcome everybody to my bloody podcast where we're talking about all things horror, film, and the entertainment industry. I'm Brian Kluger. And we have a very special episode today. Oh my gourd. We have two tag team champions, legendary <laughs> actresses on the show today. We have Emily Costa and Beth Grant. Welcome to the show. <laughs> so I'm glad to- exciting intro, wasn't it, Beth? <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm, I'm tingling all over. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> it's the inner pro wrestling coming out right now. <laughs> oh yeah, go for it. We so got we're gonna- all excited. Oh, good, good. We're going to talk about this new fantastic film that I loved, instant cult classic, everybody must see it, Willie's Wonderland. But first, like in The Sound of Music, we have to start at the very beginning. For both of you, we'll start with Emily. Where did it all begin for you in film with acting? Was it something you saw on TV that you were like, yes, this is for me? Or did your parents get you into it? Where did it start for you? So I was born and raised in Dominican Republic. I lived there till I was about almost 13 years old. And around the age of like seven or eight, I would always start forcing my family <laughs> to sit in the living room and watch me perform and act and do scripts and all of these things. And I was such a tiny little girl just making everybody watch me act that my mom was like, oh my God, th there is something there. So she started... Um, putting me in acting classes and I started doing theater in my country and then I started getting into TV and film and the commercial world and yeah that's how things started and then we moved to this country to continue pursuing my career. Oh that's amazing. Uh, what was your first role on stage? So I did Annie. I was one of the orphans. I was Julie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still sing the songs from that from time to time? Oh my god all the time and it's in Sp it was in Spanish so I sing them all in Spanish <laughs> that's fantastic uh, and Beth same question to you where did it all begin for you in acting well like Emily I was a show-off I had an acting teacher once he said actors are you know we're so shy and introverted in a certain way but that we all have to be a little bit of a show-off and so uh, yeah my mother uh loved the movies and I'm sure she influenced me and you know, encouraged me to be a show off but she taught me this song um oh where have you been Billy boy Billy boy and I sang it to my uncle Billy who was coming home from the Korean War and he was so gorgeous he had been an all-American football player very handsome and had his navy uniform on and he got down and he was listening and the, all the family was there because they were welcoming him home. And when I finished, everybody's applauding. I, and I wanted it for the rest of my life, you know, <laughs> getting that light shining. And it's love, you know. And since then, I have learned really to think of it 
as an art form and it's not just about getting attention you know it is about channeling characters and telling stories and you know I think it's a very um I would say even loving profession you know even though this movie you might not think that's true but you know I think Sheriff Lund really loves her little adopted daughter oh you're playing another orphan oh there you go <laughs> real, see there you go circle but I felt that even though I'm cruel to her, it's really because I'm trying to protect her, you know, as, uh, I don't think her, her ideas are correct way to protect her, but uh, I do think she loves her. So even, well, even Sheriff that. Lund. Yeah, I got yeah. that in the film that there was like that conflicted, you know, attitude of like tired to the radiator, but it's for your own good. And I love her. I'm not going to let her perish away or something like that right yeah i don't want her to die i don't want her to get eaten <laughs> that was like a fun scene to film too beth the scene where you're having me handcuffed and then you bring me into our trailer and you tie me to the rave that was such a fun scene i let me tell you something that is so perfect that she's saying that because this one is packed with dynamite let me tell you <laughs> She is a small package, but she is strong and she's brave and willing. I'm not always, you know, I can intimidate people with my face and my acting. Not this one. She was not intimidated. She was so strong. And I really love that. I love when somebody gives it back to me and somebody's meeting me, you know, right on. And so I knew we had uh, the perfect person to carry us on this journey. Oh, and so thank you, that means the world coming from you because I admire you so much. So thank you. Yeah, that. you are tough stuff, girl. <laughs> Oh, that's good. And so the, but the kind of like the backstory of this uh, script, you know, it kind of uh, w was written by Parsons and then it went on to like this network, this horror network where people, industry leaders can read it and option it. And so when that happened and then Nick Cage got on board, did, did the directors come to you and it was kind of like a situation like, well, we need, we need Beth and Emily for these roles or was it kind of like the stereotypical, like we auditioned, the agent sent me the script because it's such a fascinating screenplay and story that I've never seen before. Well, Emily's got a great story about how she came <laughs> to the project. Um, yeah, I actually, okay, so uh, interestingly enough, I remember I was in, I was visiting my country, I was actually getting my wisdom teeth taken out, <laughs> and I was in my country getting my wisdom teeth taken out, and I was in agonizing pain, and I remember I got a phone call from my team, and uh, from my team at the time, and I, I get this script that we got sent to us and I was like, huh, okay, this is interesting. And then they start telling me a little bit more about the project. And it turns out that they watched my work on my end and they were interested in me for the character. And I was like, what? Nicolas Cage is the male lead of this movie? What is going on? I used to watch Nicolas Cage when I didn't even speak English when I was little. <laughs> So I was like, wow, this is so crazy. So I, I started reading the script and automatically I was like, wow, this is such a different thing than anything I've ever done before. And I had never tapped into the horror genre either. And there was just so many things like the physicality of the character and the animatronics and all these things that I was like, I probably, I'm never gonna do anything like this because this is such a unique story. So yeah, and then it actually turns out that once we were in Atlanta, um, Nick's manager, 
um, approached me and now he's my manager. So yeah, it's, it's very interesting how all that worked out. Yeah. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And it was that is, did you, were you getting your wisdom teeth out too, Beth, at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> well, I certainly over the years have lost a lot of wisdom, I think. I don't know. Uh, well, Greg Kramer, one of the producers, is a dear, dear friend of mine. We were I love him, by the together. way. I love him, by the way. Oh, isn't he a great guy? Wonderful. And, and he's a cult hero in, in uh, uh, what, Killer Clowns? Clowns or from Outer Space. Yeah, yeah Killer Clowns. Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> well, he and I were in acting class together. We had the most incredible acting class with Patrick Swayze and Tom Selleck. And there were some women in class too, but I don't remember them as well somehow. Uh, <laughs> but Grant had called me about it and they sent me the script, he and Jeremy. And um, you know, I, it was the wildest thing I had ever read, I have to say. I mean, and then, of course, Nick Cage, you know, doing the lead was just so brilliant. And I love Nick. I had done um, Matchstick Men with Nick and just found him to be such a gentleman and such a sweet soul. And just as and luck would have it, I had helped him audition people for a movie he was directing called Sonny. And so I had seen, you know, just how professional uh, an actor he is and uh, contrary to many of the roles he plays cage rage with the hashtag <laughs> cage rage he really is such a, a kind and good person that I knew that I would enjoy seeing him again working with him again and um, so yeah I was just thrilled to do it and jump on this crazy train and just had a blast in Atlanta I'm originally from uh, Alabama Georgia and so that was fun too to be in, on Peachtree Street and you know, lots of memories in Atlanta, so. That's great. And so was there ever a point during the production or that you found out that there was an alternate script to this movie where Nicolas Cage had all the lines, but nobody else had any lines? <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you, know. you yeah, one of my, one of the, my, one of the many favorite parts of the movie is with you, Beth, and Nick Cage. You're sitting in the truck. Nick comes out, sees you, and just like waves at you. <laughs> and you're I mean, just looking how, at him. How great is he in that moment? Um, I was sitting in that truck. She, we, the reason I'm in the truck is because it was raining that night. I mean, we, but that was, you know, one of those happy accidents, I think because I think it's so cool that I'm sitting there, I'm falling asleep. I hear this noise and I look and there he comes, you know, taking the trash of the bodies of the animatronics, you know, out dumping them. And then just gives me this hello. I mean, every take was different that he did and everyone was hilarious. It was all I could do to keep a straight face. He had one where he just sort of jerked his head like that. And just, I mean, he's just so brilliant and wonderful and funny. It, it, he's just terrific. So yes, I love that you love that. Because I, I did. And then with Emily, you got to kind of be by his side through the whole movie. I mean, what was that like? And, and additionally, uh, what kind of fun stunts and uh, rehearsals did you get to go through with all the fighting and weapons? So it was super, super fun to obviously go through this journey with Nick um, throughout the whole movie. I mean, like Beth said, he is so wonderful. Not only obviously as an actor is he incredible, but also as a human being. So it was just such a pleasure and a delight to work with him. 
and he was very welcoming and he was just very um, helpful with the whole process and he was so amazing. So that alone was a huge honor to be able to work alongside him for the film. And then when it comes to the stunts and the physicality of the character, it was also super fun because um, between Kevin's ideas and the stunt coordinator, they always had something new and exciting for us to try for every scene. And I think that was super fun because obviously I, I think the most I had done with stunts was some of my work on my NSMC, which sometimes will have like little fights here and there. And I think this definitely brought me out of my comfort zone when it comes to stunts and the physicality of my character. And I was always like, no, I want to do this. Wait, wait, no, 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 I want to do this. When they were like, no, you know, you're, you're stunt one. I was like, no, 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 I want to do this. Cause I was so excited to just try all of this new stuff. And it was, it was so much fun. They did a wonderful job at putting everything together and the action sequences and everything was just so awesome. And were you able to get covered in the gore and the blood at some point? Yeah, so I definitely had tons of bruises and blood and, and the animatronic liquids. And oh, I was just, it was so much fun, which the makeup and wardrobe department did a wonderful job at that as well. I actually stayed super close friends with Erin. She's our makeup artist on the show. And, and I mean, sorry, in the movie. And she, um, yeah, she's a wonderful, wonderful person and a wonderful professional. And they did a great job as well. That's great because, you know, the film reminds me like the cult status, like Evil Dead 2 and Rocky Horror Picture Show and, you know, like Tim Curry and Bruce Campbell have earned that role. And now you and Beth and everybody else are up there with them with Willie's Wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> Getting all of the great uh, gore and stuff on you. So I guess after the film was finished, can you describe, uh, starting with you, Beth, when you first saw the finished product, what you thought? Um, well, I was thrilled out of my mind because I said this did exactly what Kevin had said he was going to do, and then some. I was very impressed with our leading lady, Emily. I really cannot say enough about her because you need to care. I mean, it's like uh, Jake Gyllenhaal when I did Donnie Darko. I remember seeing that for the first time and thinking, I mean, I, I knew Jake ahead of time, but anyway, I knew that he was the perfect person to take us on that journey. And I feel the same way about Emily in this movie um, that, you know, she was just perfect. And I love the ending. I just can't wait to see what happens to her. <laughs> Where are you going, Emily? <laughs> Where are we going together? Where are we driving off to? <laughs> Where are you driving off to? What's going to happen? No, there must have been, Emily, there must have been a point in this movie where you stood outside your body and you must have been like, holy shit, this, I'm a badass in this movie. I look amazing, <laughs> kicking everybody's butt. Like, do you remember that moment? <laughs> I honestly, throughout the whole thing, it was just, it was, it was awesome because obviously I had worked on this character. You work on your character and then you're on set and then you're so focused on the work and and doing the work and making sure that you step on that mark and you tell that story. And then it's sort of like you're so in that process that it's kind of hard to step outside sometimes during that process for me because I'm so locked in. But then for me, it's more so when I watch the final product of whatever it is that I worked on and I'm watching it and that's when I'm able to step outside and be like, we did a good fucking job. <laughs> are we allowed to curse on this? Fuck yes, we are. <laughs> to tell you the truth. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was awesome. It was great. It 
was such a, a beautiful journey to go on while watching the movie. And, and like Beth said, Kevin did everything he said and more. So it was delightful. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, so let's get into some fun questions right now for both of you. Um, whoever wants to answer first, but for both of you, what is the most thrilling experience for you, both as a, in film, both as a fan of movies and uh, working in film, like as an actress? So it could be something that you like saw for the first time in the front row of a theater, and then maybe working with somebody, maybe in one of your uh, projects? Gosh, well, I will say, um, I think it was Kim Bassinger when she got her Oscar, she said she loved it between action and cut. And that is my addiction in life. I love it between action and cut. There is something magical that happens when we're channeling these characters. I love playing all these different kinds of characters. So that has never ceased to be thrilling for me. And I've toted a lot of shotguns in my career. Uh, <laughs> so I was thrilled to, I mean, you're so funny because I'm a pacifist really, well, I'm not totally, but you know, I don't like guns, but I love in movies being able to hold a shotgun. There is just something so powerful about that as a woman. And I've done it a few times, but maybe never as well. I haven't ever faced off anybody as dynamic as Nicolas Cage with a shotgun. So that was pretty thrilling in this movie. I think when I did Rain Man, working with Dustin Hoffman and Tom Cruise, I remember going back to the hotel after we finished and just crying and crying and crying to think that, oh my God, I just worked with, you know, two international movie stars, fabulous actors. That was pretty thrilling. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, Emily, what about you? Thrilling experience. I think for me, um, well, first of all, I'm, I'm sort of going to go on what Beth said, that moment between action and cut, because I think I, I, it's that for, for all of us that are in this craft, that's just such a beautiful, thrilling moment where you literally step out of your body and step into somebody else's shoes and you're able to watch life from somebody else's point of view and from somebody else's perspective. And I feel like we get to do that in our careers. Like how beautiful is that? How badass is that? That we get to see life from other people's perspectives and we get to learn so much from all of these characters. And I feel like I, I'm able to just view everything with such different eyes per character that I interpret. And I think that's such a big learning lesson for us because you, you really truly learn a lot between playing all these people. And I've always taken lessons from every single character I've played and they've stayed with me. I mean, for all the years that I've done acting so far. And when it comes to a thrilling experience, I think so far the most thrilling experience was working with Nicolas Cage, working with somebody that, like I said, I, I used to watch him when I was a little girl, when I was in the Dominican Republic, and I never even had any idea that I was going to speak English, first of all, or come to this country, second of all, to be acting much less next to him. So to me, that was sort of like a huge realization moment of like, wow, I, I, this is what I dreamed of doing my entire life since I was a little girl. And I'm here in, in America acting next to somebody that I used to watch that I didn't even speak his language before. So it, it was just that moment of, of understanding, like I'm really doing this and I'm so grateful. And, and it was just, it was beautiful. So I would definitely pick that experience for sure. Oh, that's you know, 
I've worked with a lot of stars. I've been so lucky, but Nick Cage is an icon. I mean, you know, we laugh about the Cage Rage. My daughter told me about Cage Rage hashtag um, a couple of years ago, and we watched all the clips, and I just, he's iconic. I mean, he really is an icon. So I have to admit that I'm, Emily, remember that first day when we were out in front of the trailer and I had you uh, handcuffed and yes. he came up in the truck? Yeah. I, I must confess, there was a moment for me that I said, oh my God, it's Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> and I've worked with him before. And I still had that moment. It was like, oh, we're really doing this. And that's Nick Cage. And I happened to watch National Treasure 2 three times. I saw it on the plane to New York. I saw it in my hotel in New York. And I saw it coming back from New York once. And so I really know his work. <laughs> and I mean, I know he's famous for so many other movies, but he's a great actor. And this is a kid who grew up, you know, he loves movies. And so I guess Emily and I can't say enough about our leading man, you know, he's just, he's, he's one of the more special people that I've ever, ever, ever worked with. And I did have that moment too, Emily. I really did. Right. It's like, whoa, this is Nick Cage. This is Nick Cage. Hey, that's Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. And I got to ask you, Beth, as well as Emily, but Emily, I mean, uh, Beth, you have worked with so many film directors, so many actors and actresses over the years. Was there any, did anybody give you any advice that has been permanently imprinted into your mind over the years that you'd like to share? Um, that like a director might have said to me? Right, yes. Uh, <laughs> bring it down. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that's the truth. And that's been more than one director <laughs> to me. I tend to like to make bold choices and sort of chew the scenery. And I always feel like I can bring it down. I think it's hard um, sometimes if you don't do anything, it's, they might not know how to help you. Whereas, you know, just having you simplify. But over the years, I think I've found a balance. Um, I have worked with so many great directors. I tell you, the, uh, it's happened more than once that when a director keeps going and doesn't call cut, there are often some of the sweetest, most wonderful moments after that, unexpected things. Um, I remember Barry Sonnenfeld uh, doing a a scene with a guy and I'm on the dock waiting for this guy to come up in one of those big boats in the swamps that have the fans, you know, and he did, he's supposed to be doing this monologue and he didn't quite hook it up right. And he fell in the water and Barry just kept rolling. And Britt Bresco was the actor's name from a simple plan. You probably know him, Billy Bob Thornton's different. Anyway, he just kept going. So he falls into the water and never stops talking. And of course, that was in the movie. That's just, um, and that Todd Holland did that was something uh, that I was doing with Jane Kaczmarek and just kept rolling. And it, it just gets, so I like directors that like to experiment, take chances. And they've taught me to be more, and Rayman, all of them, all of the really great movies, they did that. But even the Coen brothers at the end of the day said, anything else you want to try? You know, willing to, and I, I was trying to think, what, what? 
I couldn't think of anything. We had done so much. I couldn't think of anything else. But so we went home early that day. But, you know, the ones that like to take chances. Oh, that's good. How about Emily? Have taught, have about taught you? me to take chances. Yeah. That's good. I think, I think I agree with what Beth is saying. I think there's there's something beautiful about being in the moment and being so in the moment that sometimes there's things that just organically happen when you're kind of building that world for you and other characters that are in the scene. And when directors are able to sort of at the same time give you the ability to be able to express yourself in a way in which it kind of just flows, it kind of just happens sometimes. And I think those moments are some of the most like nicer moments that end up in the projects. <laughs> so yeah, I, I agree with what Beth is saying, yeah. Cool. Uh, Emily, serious question. Why is The Alchemist the best book? <laughs> oh man. Okay, so I, I, I thought you were gonna ask me something super, super serious. I got scared for <laughs> I, I'm a huge like book geek. Like I wish I could show you, but I have like books on books on books in my room and I read maybe like three books a month. And to me, it's always hard to pick like what book is my favorite because every book embodies just something different or a different lesson or a different story. But the reason why I always go back to The Alchemist is because that's the one book that I have read like 15 times because every time that I read it, I learn something new. And it's been literally like that every single time. Every time I read it, I learn something new. And it's it's also a mixture of um, self-help and a story at the same time, which I think is beautiful. And I don't want to spoil it in case you know, like somebody re uh, hearing this hasn't read it. And I think they should. But you learn a lot with that book. And it has a lot of beautiful life lessons all throughout. So yeah, I, I think it's my absolute favorite book for sure. Excellent. Excellent. And I've got a serious question for Beth as well. Uh, Beth, why is Addie the cutest, most special puppy in the world? Oh my God. She's not really a dog. Addie, come here. Wait a minute. Yes, she is. Now look at this little creature. She's from Narnia. She's not a dog. She is a creature. She is a gremlin. She is a fruit bat she is a soulmate i love her so much and she's going what the hell is she doing she's scared she's a little scared little terrier chihuahua i love dogs i've always loved dogs but this one is the most special i i didn't know i would be a small dog person but we love her we fight oh. over who, who sleeps with her every night. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. Uh, I, had to, I had to ask. Uh, and my uh, one of my last questions for you, um, are there any, for both of you, are there any particular scenes in movies that have always stuck with you uh, throughout uh, your life uh, that, you know, you wake up and you say, shit. I'm thinking about this scene. This inspires me to go work. Um, while you're thinking about that, I just realized that Beth, oh my, my gourd, you're in like some of my favorite movies that have my favorite scenes in there, uh, including Matchstick Men, uh, the scene where Nick Cage loses it, uh, has the meltdown in the pharmacy. It's fantastic. And of course, I think the most visceral one for me is you playing Miss Kettlewell in Child's Play 2. <laughs> 
that whole <laughs> sequence still scarred me. And I thought it was it's oh, like a brilliant yeah. piece of acting. You're such an icon, Beth. Oh, <laughs> but but you wanted her to die, didn't you? She wouldn't listen to Andy. She didn't listen to him. And there's a little, I'll give you a little piece of trivia. If you might have noticed, I was wearing a just say no button. <laughs> and that was the brilliant costume designer's idea. That was during the time, Emily, way before your time, when uh, there was a program to try to keep kids from getting on drugs. And it was the just say no, which is the stupidest thing. I mean, you know, come on. What addict? Oh, just say no. Oh, I didn't think of that. Oh, no, thank you. I mean, it's, it's just so dumb. So I was so glad to not only have Miss Kettlewell get killed by Chucky, <laughs> which you know she got punctured in the lungs with a bicycle pump hit on the head with a ball and then beaten to death with a uh ruler well not a ruler a yardstick uh -huh. so what a way to go but you know she deserved to die she wouldn't listen to children you have yeah to but who would to listen to that kid really <laughs> <laughs> Well, she learned she should have. <laughs> I know, right? No, I, I, just, I had to bring that up. But for you both, your favorite particular scenes in movies that inspire you? Well, I will say it, Rosemary's Baby, which I mean, the whole movie, I've, I'm like, I've read that book several times and I've seen that movie innumerable. I don't even, I can't even count. I just love every frame of that movie. But when she, when he has drugged her and they're having sex and the devil comes and she says, this is not a dream. I've thought of that. I mean, and I say that all the time in life, like something will happen. Like I get bad news or whatever you know the last four years i would say this is not a dream <laughs> so i would say that's probably number one. Oh, that's wonderful i love that movie uh i think for me it's it's not really a specific scene and a project i think for me something that does like inspire me and always stays in my mind is whenever i see like a badass woman leading a role because I think that's so beautiful to watch, especially for me, like growing up in Dominican Republic and watching other Latinas on screen, which is something that I didn't really get enough of when I was growing up. And being able to watch that, I think is super inspiring to me. So any film or TV show or anything that has like a Latina in it, I think to me is like very inspiring because that's how I started acting when I was little. I, I was like, you know, there's not a lot of women that look like me on television. And I remember the first person that I ever watched was America Ferreira. And I, I saw her in a TV show and I was like, oh my God, she's Hispanic? Hold on, if she can do it, I can do it. So to me, that was like such a big deal. And, and yeah, I, I always get messages from little girls saying stuff like, oh my God, like, you know, I live in Venezuela or in Dominican Republic or in Puerto Rico or in all these other places. And like, we see you on TV. So I feel like I can do it too. And I'm just like, man, that's, that's such a good feeling. Cause I, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to show other people that like, if I came to this country and I'm pursuing my career and pursuing my passion, like you can do it too, you know? So I, I think to me, that's something that always sticks in, in the back of my mind for sure. Oh, that's wonderful. So I had a wonderful grand time with both of you. This has been super fun. The spotlight is on you both now. If you want to, in the vein of a pro wrestler, a superstar pro wrestler, please tell everyone where they can find Willie's Wonderland. 
Well, it's video on demand. I don't know which theaters in Dallas it's playing, uh, but it did open in theaters. Uh, so look it up in your Funkin' Wagnall. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like all general streaming services, and I definitely know some select theaters. And I saw some people that were actually watching it at drive-in theaters, which was super awesome to see. So yeah, definitely go check it out. So, I think that's a great movie for a drive-in. Talk about being scared to death. Oh, right? I mean, you know, anybody could come over and break the window and get in. I don't know. I think it would be a fun movie to see in a drive-in. I know um, that some someone wrote on an interview I was doing on Facebook where you could get it, but it's video on demand. You know, the way, if I want to watch a certain movie like Rosemary's baby, my husband types in the movie. So you type in Willie's wonderland and it will tell you which of your streaming services it's on. <laughs> Wonderful. So wherever you watch movies, oh, yeah. we didn't really do it like wrestlers. So Emily, come on. All right, come on. Let's do it. Okay. Three. Video on demand. Oh, Video, video on demand. Hey, hey. Oh, I love Beth. Oh, I miss her so much, man. I miss you. Well, let's hope we for a sequel. And then we had to go away. Yeah. Well, let's hope for a sequel. Let's hope for more movies with you two in it. Uh, thank you for taking the time on a Friday to talking with me, my bloody podcast. I hope to talk with each one of you in the very new future. Thanks, Brian. Thank you so much. So much fun. Yes. Have a good one. Thank you for loving Willie's Wonderland. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs>